You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. You're listening to a Bears Nation podcast. Uh, this is Josh Lyles. I am back on the show for the first time in a, a few weeks, but we have we are missing one of our core pieces, Jake Hassan. And I just want to make it known that this is the first podcast he has not been on since the beginning of the show. So this is let's have a little moment of silence uh, for Jake. <laughs> Okay, that was long enough. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Yeah, my name is Kevin Lapka. I've been on the show a few times. I was most recently on uh, last week with Nicholas Moreno from the Chicago Audible. So it's good to be back here, talk some early training camp storylines and a ton of other storylines. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, um, it's Chris here. Um, I've been on the show multiple times. Um, and, you know, I'm just excited to talk about Bears football, like always. <laughs> Chris, by far, is not a guest. He has been on the show since the, be- <laughs> since the beginning as well. So uh, if, if you're a fan of the show, you definitely know Chris. Um, let's go ahead and get straight into it. So training camp, um, big headlines, storylines. What, what are you guys most excited about? What are the, what's the buzz that you guys are hearing? I mean, I, I'll just start it off because I think by far the most exciting thing is what we've been seeing from the kickers. Mm. Quite unexpected, honestly, but obviously we know that first day on Saturday was Elliot Fry's day. He goes out, I believe he had 9 of 10 or whatever, but I think the most important thing was he asked for 60 yards. You know, he missed one field goal, then he made the rest of them, and then at the end he's like, I want a 60-yarder. And everyone's like, whoa, okay, now, you know, that's kind of a big one. And then, boom, he goes to there, he nails it. And then the following day on Sunday, it's like, all right, it's Eddie Pinero's day. What is he going to do? He comes out. I think he does seven for eight, you know, something like that. He only misses one on the day. I know that. And then he says, you know what? We did 60 on Saturday. Let's go for 63. (laughs) And he nails it. So how can you not be happy? Obviously, this is the one storyline that everyone is watching more than anything. So to see the kicker succeeding, coming out the gates hot, it's it's really promising and really exciting to see for all Bears fans. Yeah, I mean, how can you disagree with that? Um, my my biggest takeaway or, you know, rumblings that I've been hearing, um, you know, is, you know, every offensive player I've heard a good thing about, um, whether it's David Montgomery, even Javon Wims looks like he's coming around. Allen Robinson, people are saying, looks like, you know, the true number one wide receiver that we expected him to be. Um, and then now, you know, now I'm just interested to see them all put it together, you know. Um, we, I feel like we've heard rumblings about um, all these players uh, for a while now, but, you know, it, it really doesn't mean anything unless we can put it all together. And, you know, that, that's, the, that's the thing I'm, I'm most looking forward to. Sweet. Kevin, you have anything to add to that? Well, yeah, I think the one guy you mentioned there that I took away from them was Javon Wims. From what we've been seeing from the videos on Twitter, which is basically where where I'm getting all of my training camp info. So shouts out to the people uh, shooting those videos out on Twitter. But, you know, the one thing I saw was Matt Nagy called up. 30, he's like 39 and 83, which is uh, Javon Wims and Jackson number. They went one-on-one, and Wims just burned him, man. He made one cut to the left side, and he was gone. And he and he just, you know, outplayed Eddie Jackson there. So, obviously, we want to see depth on this wide receiver core. We need players here to support Mitchell Javisky throughout the year. So, I think Javon Wims kind of, you know, 
living up to expectations, I'd say, because people expected him to have a good camp because of how good his preseason was last year. I think that's great to see because he's, you know, there's actually people before training camp started, you know, just a few weeks ago who were saying he's a bubble player. He may get cut. He may not. I think that's completely out of the question, even after these first two days of camp. I mean, he just looks like he's ready to go. He, he does not look like a second-year player who didn't play uh, in his rookie season. He looks like a guy who's ready to go, and we're going to, again, we're going to need that wide receiver depth. So I think it's really nice to see that Javon Wims is progressing as well as we thought he would. Yep. Yeah, um, all solid points. Um, I think, I think Chris, you said it at the end, but just like putting it all together. So we've got all these amazing pieces. Like we can name all the, the weapons that we got all the way down to, um, if you're going by height, all the way down to Tariq Cohen. <laughs> um, but like we've got a ton of weapons that, uh, all over the field, and it's it's awesome. But it all starts with, with Mitch Trubisky. And I was going to save this to the end, but I might as well get the fans heated up um, right off the bat. And you guys – before the show, we always kind of go over the uh, things we're going to talk about. And you guys didn't really give me – you kind of laughed at what I said. It was really uncomfortable just because it is an uncomfortable topic. So I am interested. I'm going to make you give, you give me your opinion even though it's kind of scary. Um, I'm Mitch Trubisky. So I was watching the last playoff game with a friend of mine. And without thinking, like from the very beginning, I was watching him doing his dink and dunks. And there was some – late passes and the words that came out of my mouth I, I will regret for the rest of my life if uh he ends up being a hall of fame quarterback but the words that came out of my mouth were i don't know about trubisky and then i was like oh, i can't believe i just said that but um as i kept watching i mean obviously that last drive was amazing where um we put the game in um cody parkey's hands and we all know what happened there but uh the last drive is amazing. He went all the way down the field, dime throws, blah blah blah, took chances. But when he doesn't take chances and he gets scared at the beginning at the beginning of the game, that's what was happening. Like he wasn't taking chances, which is good, but at the same time he almost gave up multiple interceptions, um checkdowns that were late, uh people he was predictable. Um but I I'm I'm just curious where you guys stand on it. I I've just it's year three. He has no excuse at this point, and we've all said that on the show before. But maybe if – just go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you talk. What do you guys think? Look, 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 look. About Major Trubisky, again, you kind of mentioned this when we were talking before we even started this recording. The biggest thing for him, you know, in his first two years and even through these first two days of training camp, which I'm going to bring up, is consistency. From what I've seen – from the first two days of training camp, from people who were there and what they've reported to me, is that he's been pretty, like, not very good in the beginning, and then he heats up, and he's just phenomenal for the rest, for the other half of camp. So, again, this is something, you know, we saw this even last year during camp as well, and we obviously saw it during the season. Mitchell Trubisky has shown his flashes of being a very good all-pro quarterback, whether it's with his legs, whether it's with his accuracy, his deep ball, but... Again, it's not consistent yet, and I think we talked about this last podcast with Nicholas Moreno. We we said this is the last stage of the development year, and he's going to find it. He's going to find the accuracy. I still think that holds true. Again, people want to overreact whenever they start seeing actual gameplay, which is what we've been seeing in these first days of training camp. So I think we should just relax a little bit on what we've seen so far, but just to go back to what you said, Josh, about you know the playoff game against the Eagles, whether it's his first, his rookie year, consistency has been an issue. So if you're a fan looking out for Mitch Trubisky and you're going to Bourbon A, and I, I, the one thing I would want you to notice is 
how consistent is he being? Is he hitting those deep throws consistently? Is he not just hitting once out of every three? I want to see him hitting three out of three and, you know, just being consistent rather than under throwing one and then throwing an absolute dime on the next one. So I think you're looking at consistency as, as Mr. Trubisky's main key to his development at this stage. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the bottom line. Um, it, it's really always been consistent consistency with him because we know what he can do. I mean, we've seen his flashes. Unfortunately, though, every flash we've seen has, you know, kind of come with a bad in a way, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, th- like like Josh said, I mean, this is his, his last year. It's a prove it year. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, critiquing him, I feel like after this we can kind of uh, judge who he is as a quarterback. And then after that, you know, we'll see how – how he does in terms of improvement and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's really all it is. We know he has the talent. We've seen it before. Um, we've seen it, you know, in multiple games, you know, it's been two seasons now. Um, so, you know, the, we really don't have time to, to wait for him anymore. And, you know, the team success really just relies on him. I feel because we, we do know how great this team is. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> this is just a question. There will be no answers, and I don't have a. I'm not stating a, an opinion on this, uh, but we all know how Pace likes to move up and down the draft board. We have a lot of quarterbacks coming up in the next draft. Depending on how Mitch Trubisky does in this season, will really base off what where we're going in the draft next season. Which is blasphemy to talk about. I get that, but so we're going to move on next topic. But um, definitely something for the fans to think about. Not necessarily prepare themselves for it, but just like, hmm, I wonder. Uh, but anyways, now that I will be shunned on Twitter and Facebook and wherever else this is listened to and one stars all the way down on uh, Apple Podcasts, <laughs> let's move on back to training camp. Um, so when it comes to training camp, when, t- when one side of the field does really good, the other side of the field <laughs> it gets critiqued because we're obviously going against each other. I think it was you, Kevin, that posted on Bears Nation Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really it's a it's a true comment. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Just to, like as fans, we can constantly just be throwing out positive comments left and right because it's our team. Like no matter what, we can be positive and have a positive <laughs> right. spin. But um, Eddie Jackson, Chris, I want you to talk about him a little bit and the stuff you've heard uh, uh, coming out of camp and. Uh, little interviews that he's had throughout the off season. What what is there to be excited about Eddie Jackson? Yeah, so I know everyone saw that play with uh, Javon Wims, and people were just like, "Whoa!" Like Eddie Jackson giving up a play. Like we don't really see that very often. But um, he did say in an interview that um, you know, especially as a DB, it's it's harder to you know shake the rust off. Uh, and honestly, I'm not. A, I'm expecting Eddie Jackson to have an even better year than he did last year. I, I'm not even kidding. I mean. You you guys know we've been singing his praises on this show forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he just he has that mindset where he just wants to get better and better. And, you know, you can you can see it from the from his work, work ethic and also in his interviews. Um, he just he just wants to get better. He wants the team to succeed. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm honestly expecting him to have an even better year than he did last year. hundred percent. I agree. I think people shouldn't really be too worried about that video because he's not a guy that plays press up coverage like that. He's never going to be put in that situation. So people who if people are really worried about Eddie Jackson because of that video should not be at all. But I want to point out this one tweet that Larry Mayer tweeted. I'll read it out directly. Quote uh, by Larry Mayer. This is my 28th season covering the Bears and I've never seen a safety with the instincts and ball skills that Bojack possesses. He could ultimately become one of the all-time greats in franchise history, and that's saying a lot. So that, I mean, again, that's a guy who's at training camp 
every second of it, looking at every second of a guy who's been around Bears football and just the NFL in general, saying that he has one of the best, you know, instincts and raw talent that he's ever seen. So I think that again, he's a guy that's only getting better. But in that pre uh, that pre training camp press conference between Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, again, he was one of those guys that was highlighted uh, as someone who is continuing to improve. So you know, it, it's going to be hard for him to top the amount of interceptions he had, especially with Hot Clinton Dix out there as well. But again, you can never go wrong with an All Pro safety getting better because there is not much better than that. So. Something that got me super hyped was uh, he was interviewed. I can't remember where it was, but uh, he was talking about um, the idea of no longer just playing um, just to be great. Like he's playing to be a Hall of, Hall of Fame player one day. Um, and just those, I was just, I put myself in his shoes and just like, like I, I live life to be um, a great dad or really good at work, but to, to now flip your perspective and focus to be the best at what you do. Um, and that's, and, and it's attainable. Like the idea of being, um, the best safety ever to play the game. And the idea of, of that being attainable just has to get you even more pumped for the next season. Like d- just think about that for a second, something that you're really good at and just putting yourself in that perspective of potentially being, and it being attainable. It's not just like a dream. It's attainable for him to be the best safety to ever play the game. Like it's just, um, kind of a like it just gets me pumped. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, statistically, if you if you're looking statistically, he's currently on pace to be one of the greatest of all time, statistically yeah. speaking. So, but yeah, again, like you mentioned, I, I just want to say, you know, anyone who you know tries to raise themselves to those standards, you know, I just like seeing that because there's not many guys who are willing to go out there and say that they want to be a Hall of Fame player or that they rather think they're going to be a hall of fame player and there's people who will say that but you know for him to like shoot for those expectations i think is great and i think it's also rubbing off on the team it's the team you know their slogan right now with the hashtag is chasing great um you know they're not just trying to be a contender this year they're shooting for the super bowl and that's affects how they play that affects how they practice it's just the complete mentality and i think again the reason i bring that up is it starts with the players and now it's feeding off whether it's from eddie jackson whether it's from cleo mack that's going to start to feed off to the rookies to the bubble guys to the practice squad guys to everyone on the team and they're all going to start sharing that mentality which i think is really important um i was watching the the latest episode of the top 100 and a friend, <laughs> this is just silly and he's this the guy that i was watching with isn't necessarily incredibly knowledgeable about football but i think he was making jabs at me just to be just to be funny because he knew it would get a rise out of me but he told me and this is kind of off topic it's not about it is off topic um it's not about eddie jackson it's about khalil mack and I was like, he's easily going to be top 10, if not in the top five. And he was like, no, he's going to be top 20. And I just like, I was just getting heated, like just the idea of that. Uh, but we have so many top tier players on this team right now. And it's just super, super exciting. Like, when have we got to be this excited in the off season before? I mean, even last season, like it was pretty unknown. But it's cool to go into this season and just know, you know. Um, yeah. But just, just out of curiosity, where do you guys think Khalil Mack's going to go? Go ahead, Chris. Uh, Go ahead, Chris. I, I want to say top five. <laughs> uh, I was talking about this um, with some of my buddies. Um, and, you know, we were talking about all the players that could be ahead of him. And I'm, you know, I'm not seeing more than four. Like, I, we couldn't think of more than four guys. Um, and, you know, 
there would be no problem with me if he's in the top five. There would be no problem with me if he was in the top three, honestly. Um, that's just how good he is. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the best defensive players in the league, if not the best. Um, I know people are going to bring up Aaron Donald and whatnot, but that's what I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's definitely a debate. Um, you can, you know, there's an argument. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm expecting top five at, at, at the absolute worst. Uh, my official prediction is number three. I mean, obviously they're going to put Patrick Mahomes at number one because he's the MVP of the league. And then they'll put Aaron Donald at number two. And then there's no one really at all who should be ahead of Khalil Mack there at number three. I mean, there's, you know, you can make your case for maybe like a Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins or someone like that. But, you know, I think it's a lock that he'll be number three. And I, you know, personally, I really personally think he should be too. But because Aaron Donald won defensive player of the year, they're not going to put him there. Uh, I just want to mention too, I was literally just taking, checking Twitter. NFL media tweeted uh, players of 2019 NFL top 100 players is again tonight numbers 30 through 21 and uh, the Chicago Bears they said do have a player in that range so I'm assuming it will be Eddie Jackson there yeah. what do we think there no yeah, probably Eddie right yeah that's where that's where I'm going you know what was weird though is like if that's Eddie no Tariq Cohen on this list what do we make of that uh it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's expected but go ahead Chris go ahead yeah, the thing is, I mean, this is voted voted by the players, yeah. so I'm actually really yeah. surprised that that he's not on it because you would think that mm. you know, in my head, I was thinking that he would be on it, and you know, the players talking in the video would be talking about how he's extremely fast, extremely hard to guard, and he, he you know, he has all the moves, and he's absolutely hard to tackle. Um, so you know that that's what was, that's what was in my head. So I was expecting him to be maybe in like the 70, 80 range, but uh, you know, now that we're down to what is it? Thirty through twenty-one. I, I, yeah. you know, I doubt he'll he'll be you know anywhere on this list. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't put him in the top thirty NFL players. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I could see him making like an honorable oh, mention yeah. or honorable mention um, at the end of the show. They like to do that. Um, yeah. But you, you said it. You said it perfect. It is a popularity um, thing as well. So I, back to your point of the Cleo Mack, you can't find another player. I don't think any of those receivers would be above Cleo Mack, but uh, no, the only other person I could think of, and this is totally because of his reputation and and, and it is a popular con- uh, contest, is Tom Brady, and so that's why I was top five. But I mean, if you take if you take it purely, purely, I, I think it's top three, and that's just my my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I could see him being just in the top five, and I'd be happy, like just keeping that mindset of it is a popularity contest. And then just real quick, it yeah. is worth mentioning that has been one. Uh, he was one in 2017 and he was number one in 2018 as well. Wow. Dude's a baller. Raiders are dumb. Again, I, 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 we've said that on the show before. And I just want to go ahead and mention that again. Raiders, Raiders are dumb. Um, but no, I was talking about, I was talking about Tom Brady. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So oh, Tom Brady. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Raiders are still dumb. I'm just gonna say that again. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So next, uh, let's go back to training camp. I keep turning uh, turning the wheel, but uh, inside linebackers. So we've got two solid starters. So with Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith, but Danny Trevathan uh, is slowly coming up on a uh, um, the end of his contract. I'm not saying that we're going to get rid of him. 
but we do need to find a third and fourth just for depth reasons. Um, and so we have Nick Kukowski and we also have, uh, it, oh shoot, I'm not even gonna try. His name's just Iggy. We're gonna go with Iggy. Don't even try. Yeah. Don't even try. <laughs> I've, I've heard some guys, uh, do it. And I'm, I, one day I want to be that good. Like uh, that, that is what I aspire to be. I want to be the best at saying Iggy's name. And I think, I think I can, I think I can acquire it. I think I can do it. I can be the best at saying Iggy's actual name, um, Hall of Famer, and saying Iggy's name. Anyways, <laughs> uh, where do you where do you guys think we stand on depth and in, uh, inside linebacker? So I think I'll just go for it. I think what you're looking at here is again Iggy and Kutowski, but I honestly I'm going to say I think one of the two is going to stay here. I think I, I don't think both are going to make the roster. You're looking at either Kwiatkowski or Iggy. And I think, I'm honestly, if I were to make a prediction, bold prediction, I think they're going to go with Iggy simply because Kwiatkowski's been a guy who's kind of been on this roster for a long time. He's been in and out. And when he has been in, he's been solid. But I think they're just kind of looking for some fresh blood. They're kind of, you know, they're kind of ready to move on from him. You know, it just, it just seems like if if they like what they see from Iggy, they can just say, you know, Kwiatkowski, you had 12 tackles last year. You, you know, you didn't really do much. And I know he didn't get the opportunities, but... um when he was in the game before Roquan, uh, or when anytime he's in the game, you can just tell the difference. And I know you're comparing him to a player like Dan Trevathan, who I, we think is a Pro Bowl caliber, caliber player, and a player like Roquan Smith, who we think is Pro Bowl caliber. So obviously there's going to be kind of a deviation when Kutowski's in the game. But I think nonetheless, again, he's a guy who's been on the roster for a long time. They're looking for fresh blood. If Iggy has a good camp, they're not going to you know just try to hold on they're not gonna have a you know try to hold on to Kwiatkowski for too long especially for a guy who you know we kind of know what he's done it it doesn't seem like there's much room for improvement I guess is what I'm trying to say I think he's kind of at the end of his development um you know he's a good filler guy but if you're looking for a guy who you hope to be a potential um starter in the future again if Danny Trevathan does not get extended I think you're looking at at Iggy yeah um I 100% agree with that um I feel like Kwiatkowski is definitely on the bubble um, and also, don't forget about Josh Woods. Um, they were saying he's he's really yeah. standing out in, in training camp right now. Um, and you know, there's there were some rumors about him maybe playing outside linebacker, um, but he supposedly he's running with the the inside linebackers for now. Um, and you know, they're, they're saying he's impressing. So that's another guy to watch out for if Kwiatkowski does you know um, end up not making this team. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. Joe uh, Iggy is is definitely is definitely on top of Kwiatkowski for me right now. Um, yeah, Kukowski, I think to your point, Kevin is we've seen his ceiling. You know, like we've seen about as good as he's going to get. Like he's in. We've we've watched him. You know, like we've have all the tape we need on him. We had him before. Uh, Brokon was here. We've seen him start, and um, we would need someone better um, at that position if we were going to fill a starting spot. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so that's the, that's just a sad truth, and it's a business, and I think uh, most fans understand that because he is a homegrown guy, right? We've we've had him since he was drafted, so it's hard to get rid of those guys. Kind of like Tanner, uh, if I, I, I like to move on pretty quick, obviously, but kind of like Tanner Gentry, like home <laughs> Tanner Gentry, homegrown guy, but uh, just with the talent we have on this team, I just don't think um, we see him past the season, you know. 
yeah. you know, Tanner Gentry will forever be, you know, a legend in the Bears <laughs> training camp. <laughs> Unfortunately, he just he's just not going to make it here, especially yeah. with Riley Ridley bursting onto the scene. And obviously what we've seen from Javon Wims, you know, make all the diving catches you want and the one handed catches in training camp. But unfortunately, unless we, you know, even if we do see it in preseason, he's, he's done it in preseason as well. But with the depth on this roster, there's just unfortunately Chandler Gentry is just not. I mean, he might get thrown on the practice squad again. I mean, who knows? But I just don't. I'm not sure it's the year for Tanner Gentry, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Chris, um, I, I don't know if you saw on saw on Twitter. I said the only other place I'd be okay with Tanner Gentry because he's just such a gem in, in Chicago. The only other place I'd see see him going and be okay with it is the Bills. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, a, that's a team who actually does need some odd receivers, so you never know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, to, to, you know, Tanner Gentry, he seems like a great guy. Um, and I, honestly, I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't yeah. think there's room for him, like Kevin said. Um, and I think that's really that's really all there is to it. Yeah, because he, he did make plays um, when he was in. Yeah. They just never really threw, threw it to him, you know, um, whether that be because he's not open or just because um, – there's just better options. Like, like I would yeah. rather, I, and this is me being honest. I'd rather throw to Allen, Allen Robinson or Tariq Cohen than Tanner Gentry. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is too, I mean, even a few years ago when we had one of the worst wide receiver rosters in the whole NFL, and that was a year when Tanner Gentry was available. And, you know, at, at the end of that season, when we were an awful, when we were an awful, we were, you know, six and 10 and people were saying, you know, let's bring up Tanner Gentry for these last few games, get him some work with Trubisky. Let's see what he can do. And it just never really happened. So it just seems to me like Ryan Pace, you know, obviously it's not Matt Nagy because he wasn't there that last year with Trubisky. But I think it's just Ryan Pace who's like, yeah, you know, Taron Gentry is just maybe not the guy. So I think this is fine the year where they cut the leash rather than just kind of hold on to him, give him, you know, false hope and stuff. And again, there's so many other rosters out there who would probably take him. Like you said, the Bills, they're a team that needs a whole bunch of help for their second year quarterback. So, you know, give him a chance in a different roster, I'd say, because I do think he's talented, but it just seems like it's never going to happen, you know, from Ryan Pace. Yep. Um, speaking of guys that Chicago loves that we've had to watch leave, um, I wasn't here for that episode, so I just wanted to give my condolences to Jordan Howard. I am a huge, huge Jordan Howard fan. Um, I, I liked him a lot, um, more than just his game. Obviously, there was, uh, again, I just watched the playoff game, and he had a huge hole, and he tripped. And that was the story of, of his play last season for whatever reason. Um, so, uh, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd get like a huge hole and people would like yeah, get a yeah. hand on his foot and he would just fall and trip and, and it was yeah. done. So I, I wish him the best um, in Philadelphia, uh, but I am okay with him gone now. But there was like there was a little piece of me that was just really hurt when he left. Not Not because of him, obviously. He doesn't have that choice, but just – you know, just it natural, a natural grievance time. And now I'm okay because I, uh, David Montgomery's a really good guy. He's really cool. He's not like super cocky. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I like in players. I hate the guys who are like, I mean, Anthony Miller's cocky, but like, I don't mind him cause he's not annoying about it. Like there's guys out there who are just annoying about it, you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Jordan Howard, thank you for everything you've done on the team. If, I know you listen to this show, especially now that you're an Eagles fan and you want to keep up with the Bears. So this is where you do it. Uh, so thank you for uh, all the all the, the, the um, carries that you did because, you know, at one point you did carry the entire team. So thank you. And 
Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Jordan Howard. Although I will say, I do think I, I you know. I know this is a Bears podcast, but I think I know this is a Bears podcast, but I think the Eagles are the most overrated team in the NFL right now. I just do want to say that, but nonetheless, uh, good luck to Jordan Howard. But it looks like we do have a future star in David Montgomery from what we've been seeing so far in camp. Um, overrated is definitely the right term, just because they're they're listed as like a top five, top ten team. Yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't say they're bad, but yeah, they're definitely. Roster wise, I don't know if they're as good as the Chargers oh, or even. I mean, obviously the Bears, but uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. So next topic. Um, so I, I do want to give a shout out to Bears fans in general. Um, Matt Nagy, uh, being from uh, Kansas City and the Eagles and all the all the teams he's helped out um, with, did mention that he's never seen anything like Bears fans at training camp in the last interview that he did today, I think it was. And I know it was posted today. I don't, I don't know when it was said. I think it was today. But, uh, yeah, great job, everybody showing up. Um, it's been I, – so I don't, I don't know if everybody knows this on the show, but I, I uh, am the CEO of Wegger Enterprises. And Wegger Enterprises is the umbrella of, of Chicago Sports Nation, Philadelphia Sports Nation, L.A. Sports Nation, um, New York Sports Nation, and Dallas Sports Nation. And then now we just added – Bay Area Sports Nation, which wow. is San Francisco, and then we also added uh, Boston Sports Nation. And so, a um, little plug in there. But also, I wanted to say that I cover all these teams um, pretty regularly. Look at them. Um, I'm I'm a big NFL guy. I, I try to keep up with the NHL and all that. But NFL is just my sport. Like that's that's what I love to watch. And we really do have some of the best fan bases out there. Even our beat writers are amazing. Um, the research mm-hmm. that they do, Aaron Lemming and um, just all the, all the guys, um, Larry Mayer, like just our guys that cover the teams are pretty amazing. So I just I wanted to say like thanks to all the fans in Chicago and uh, uh, here here. <laughs> the fans but, been showing out honestly. Like apparently they had like eight thousand eight thousand. 300 or something on saturday which is you know that's an absurd number honestly for a training game but i know it was the first day and it was a beautiful day but i mean obviously it is you know I, you know quite frankly i'm not gonna say they're bandwagon fans but obviously there's more people coming out to training camp because we are expected to be one of the top teams in the league so they want to see that firsthand whereas even last year you probably wouldn't even see a number like 8,000 plus because there was still a whole bunch of doubters who didn't even think we'd make the playoffs so but yes, it is good to see, uh, you know, everyone's on board. Everyone's just positive about it. There's no negativity. Whereas last year, it was kind of a split. You know, there was, again, there was a, you always have to be real when you're talking about sports. You can never be too biased and you always have to talk about the negative things that happen with the team. Um, but, you know, this year it seems more positive. Seems, again, just because we're as talented as we are, it is just more generally more positive. But, but everyone just seems to be on board. It's kind of like the Cubs slogan, everybody in. Everybody is in, it seems like. And Everybody's just ready to go, ready to get this season on, uh, ready to get the show on the road, honestly, and get after it. And, you know, again, everyone, all the fans, all the beat writers, all, all the players and the coaches, everyone's just ready to go. Everyone's all in and they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, this is actually the first year I, I'm not going to be able to be at training camp. I'm currently in, in Canada right now visiting some family. Um, and yeah, this is my first time not being able to be there in, I want to say like three years. So it kind of does suck, but um, you know, I, I love reading all the positive, positive things that have been coming out about camp. Um, 
like Kevin said, I, I read that there were two, uh, I think su- Saturday and Sunday, um, there was 8,000 plus uh, fans at, at both, uh, on, on both days. So I just feel like that that's awesome. And, you know, to, Kevin, to, to Kevin's point also, um, I feel like it, it definitely has something to do with the fact that the Bears are expected to be, you know, really good again. Um, but yeah, overall, it's just, it's awesome, man. It, it's, it's a great feeling having, you know, a good football team back in the city. Um, cause you know, the fans deserve it more than anything. Yeah. yeah so I, I grew up in Florida. I don't know if you guys know that. And so, uh, the way I even became a Bears fan is I started doing research on the team itself and, and George Hallis and Soldier Field, like what it stands for. And, um, that's how I became a fan. And there's just a lot of heart in the team and a lot of heart in the history and so when when the bears are doing good it's good for the city it's good for the fans and the people in it um and so yes you call them call them bandwagon fans or you can just call them chicagoans because <laughs> they when the, yeah, when, the, yeah, I mean, yeah. when the city's doing well obviously um the the people show up like it's it's like field of dreams if you build it they will come like if you start to do well they they'll come out of the the woodwork and yeah i mean you could call them out call them bandwagon fans but i don't think we're there yet like if when we want to if we win a super bowl and then people jump on yeah they're bandwagon fans but i think now it's just like we we awoke the sleeping the sleeping bears the the hibernating bears bear fans so yeah. yeah, I mean, there has been, I have noticed on Twitter, you know, there are people who are relatively quiet for the past, you know, three, four yeah. years, and now all of a sudden they yeah. want to be all talkative and talk how good the Bears are. So you a real one if you live through the dark days. <laughs> Shouts out to yeah. the people who live through the dark days. But no, like you mentioned, Chicago is a football city. I know that kind of the Blackhawks and the Cubs kind of been stealing the show recently because of their, of their success. But, you know, Chicago is 100% a football city. So, you know, you yeah. can you just feel it. You know, you just feel the energy within everybody. You know, how exciting this is. I mean, when the Bears made the playoffs last year, you know, you could just feel it. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it, yeah. you could just see a change. And everyone was, you know, I don't know. I, it was just like an electricity that you could feel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, yo. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, this is Kevin Lapko, Barry Nation Podcast, alongside Chris Nano and Josh Lyles. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Again, stay tuned. Subscribe. Drop a like. Drop a review. Hopefully five stars, even if Josh said some ne- negative things about Mitch Trubisky. Still drop us a five-star review. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Take care. We'll see you soon. This is Barry's Nation Podcast. Bear down. Well, come on. Chicago